Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, the Lakers Fast Break. Truly appreciate. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, no, no, just, uh, just uh, what the things sometimes happens in the creation of the show just it's, it's got to make you laugh but it is of course pop culture cosmos <laughs> inside sports fantasy football game source we truly appreciate everyone out there this all of our great shows and if you can please give us that five star review wherever you get your podcast plus also as well of course gotta go ahead and check out what melinda is doing each and every time out at vampires of vitae while beyond the witch light and her new project which she will talk about before we get off the air today it is a good friend indeed. I will bring her on right now. Speaking of which, she will have to burden her way through. She will have to suffer her way through my <laughs> listing of best of pop culture. It happens once a year. And this is the day. This is the time she has to hear through it. It is Melinda Barkhouse-Ross. And Melinda, great to have you here. Uh, looking forward to a great episode. It's just hearing Robbie Ross's Your Man. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. My one and only. Sharing his thoughts on the best and worst in pop culture, which I yes. found most interesting. But uh, <laughs> great to have you here as always, my friend. Good to be here. So I ask you, before we get into all that best of talk, uh, mm -hmm. do you want to mention, though, that uh, Xbox, your nemesis, nemesi, yes. nemesis. Yes. yes. Uh, they had a little Xbox Developers Direct showcase today. Uh-huh. You know, and I don't see PlayStation doing any of this. Man. Yeah, no, Xbox, no, no. Xbox showing off some of its goodies that is actually coming out this year to Xbox and PC platforms. And uh, looking forward to it. Uh, I don't know if you got a chance to look at some of the actual highlights and the actual physical gameplay, which, you know, I'm a big thing about. I, you can show me all the cutscenes in the world, but, uh, you know, it's great until you... Yeah show me the gameplay and we got to see some of the gameplay today at the xbox developers direct 2024 is from avowed is it as good as uh mortal kombat on nintendo switch it's much better <laughs> it's much much better much better than okay that. okay yes. okay that that will appear on my worth i'm gonna throw everybody a bone out there that will appear when i'm gonna go ahead and discuss my worst of 2024 uh on uh sunday with josh and yes that will definitely be on it to, you know i know yeah. that might be on your worst of 2024 when you talk about later here today as well it was shocking shocking but it is xbox developers direct and avowed uh the uh, first person exploration uh type mystical game that's coming out later this year in the fall uh, showed off by Obsidian. Obsidian has a great track record, so I'm looking forward to what I see. This game has had mixed thoughts from one trailer to the next. Uh, 
This latest trailer showed off combat and gameplay, and I was I was impressed. I thought it was it was pretty good for what it was. So I'm looking forward to it. But the games that I really am looking forward to, as of now, unless Avowed wows me later this year, Sanua Saga, that's coming out in May. Sanua Saga, Sanua Saga Hellblade Two, which is coming out in May twenty first. Yeah, that looks fantastic i may not always get in play i've tried to get into the original one's gameplay and try to get into that because oh. it deals with psychosis and all yeah. that uh, it's a game that if you have a dolby digital surround sound system it is truly beneficial of that mm -hmm. it is absolutely a fantastic visual experience it may not have the greatest gameplay as far as the original one but hellblade 2 looks like it's trying to alleviate all that if you got a chance to see it today melinda even you, as a PlayStation fangirl, has to admit this looks exquisite as far as the detail on that game. There is a twinge of FOMO for this game in particular because I loved the first one so much. Mm -hmm. It was It's just such an interesting concept for a game because if, even if you don't have surround uh, sound like in your room where, where, where you game, um, do yourself a favor and before you play hellblade or hellblade 2 when it comes out get yourself surround sound uh headphones yeah yeah because because the the voices and stuff that start to come through the game they tell you secrets and sometimes they're real Melinda, Melinda, sometimes Melinda, they're not real Melinda, and Melinda. but they come at you from all of the different angles yes. like they they really do such a good job capturing that surround sound and and really using it well it's so interesting and uh, you know, the, the developers of the game, I know for the first one, because I kind of deep dove, cause I didn't even know what the game was. I just downloaded it one day on a lark. I was like, well, this looks interesting. And then I was hooked. Um, but they actually spent a lot of time, um, talking to, uh, medical professionals in the mental health field. And, uh, they spoke with people who do have, uh, things like schizophrenia and uh, multiple personality disorder and things like that to really get an idea of what it would be like and what it is like, uh, to live with those kind of mental illnesses and what that would do to you as someone who has experienced the types of trauma that, um, she experiences in the video game just before the game starts so um yeah no they did their homework and it's it's so good it's i can't i will never be able to praise this game enough um and yeah it is definitely the one thing that xbox has that i'm like mm, ouch i will say though melinda yeah they showed off in the developers direct one of the things they do is they do show off that technique of as far as the whispering is concerned it's actually a, a stand-up mic and the actors walk around while they're whispering around oh, the mic. It's my gosh, so good. And it's just like, my gosh. Yeah. So creative how they do that. And it just, like you said, when you listen to it in the proper setting, yeah. It, the original is fantastic. I just, it's, it's the gameplay was hard for me to get into. So mm -hmm. I, I think they realized that. Yeah. So I think this is going to be a lot smoother in its combat and its game pay, gameplay. Especially the the puzzles, hopefully, will be a little bit uh, more intriguing to solve. So it just looks good. The photorealism yeah. of the oh. characters themselves, the way they move, the way they talk, the way they flow, the facial animations. 
it is probably one of the best looking games I've ever seen in my life already for number two. Number one was really damn good, but this yeah. one is up the stakes. I was going to say, I feel like number one, you could still hold a candle to a lot of the games that we have access to right now before mm -hmm. this one comes out. So, um, yeah, I, I remember thinking about and talking about because even the cutscenes and the gameplay, there's not really a difference between how the game looks visually mm. on the screen. So, uh, yeah, I, I cannot say enough good things about this game and yeah i'm gonna have to come over to your house so i can play the second one or you could get an xbox <laughs> or i could just come and visit i'll bring pizza okay well yeah bride okay okay <laughs> fair enough indeed but it is what we're talking about right here in Sanua's saga hellblade 2 which is coming out in may may of 2024 may 21st to be exact ninja theory looks like they've created something that is so detailed my god it looks so good uh, avowed is coming in the fall i know i mentioned that i was really excited uh originally in that original trailer that i saw and then the second trailer i was with many on the internet they go saying well this ain't looking as great as i have this one i guess the third trailer that just came out for this developers direct we got a little bit more look at the gameplay and things about nature and the decisions that you make and the conversations that you have and thinking about you know what this is something that since it's going to be on games pass uh, i definitely should give it a chance yeah well i mean why wouldn't you if it's on game pass no absolutely you know, just you know. the just the options for it and whether or not it's going to be a huge game for Xbox, we'll wait and see. If that's going to be the marquee title that's coming out this year, I don't know if it should be. I don't know if it will be. We'll have to wait and see because, again, I still think they need one more heavy hitter. They do, I, I really think. And they may have that. They may have that because Machine Games showed off for the first time indiana jones and the oh. great circle okay. and if you get a chance to see this it looks good indy really looks good i the only it's it's shown mainly from a first person perspective although when he does traversal and climbing it's like an uncharted in many ways where he goes to third person but it, it reverts back to a very familiar Machine games, first person vantage point, if you're familiar with their Castle Wolfenstein games. Right. So, from that aspect, it's great, but it's all about the story. This is going to be a narrative driven game. This is not going to be an open ended uh, game that, you know, so many are used to now. This goes back to the narrative driven games of, of last decade, which personally I still prefer a narrative driven 20 to 30 hour game. Get me in, get me out. Yeah, have me complete the story and move on, and it's so good because you can see Indiana Jones's face has you know captured the photorealism. It's it's pretty darn good. It's it, it's not quite Sinuous Hellblade right. two, but my gosh, they still made it and captured a pretty darn good Harrison Ford. You do get a lot of whip action because that's your main weapon of choice. <laughs> Naturally, yeah. I would have liked to have more. I don't know if there, he does get a pistol or he does put his hands on a gun during the course <laughs> of the game. It didn't show any of that because he, he does have a pistol, you know, for most of his action scenes in movies. So I'm hoping that they, they do that. But it looks more like it's just reliant on a lot of uh, whip usage for, uh, you know, against your opponents or 
trying to duke them out and punch out Nazis and all that good stuff that that uh, Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones has done over the years. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. And as Machine Games, who has made Castle Wolfenstein and has made punching Nazis, you know, their way of making money because over the years they've punched out a lot of Nazis in the middle and <laughs> all these Castle Wolfenstein games. Yeah. This is something that they're used to, something that they look like they enjoyed. And again, as you know, we saw from this past year's Indiana Jones bomb and the previous Indiana Jones movie that was a bomb, they're going to have to really make sure that the story works in order for this Indiana Jones to find its treasure. Yeah, for sure. And I don't know how many people, I mean, it's kind of, it's, it's the only thing really that you should be using if you're going to play an Indiana Jones game, but I don't know how many people are going to really like being tied to that whip. Realistically speaking. Well, I, I guess it all depends how fun it is. It all I depends on how video gamingly. <laughs> I mean, well, again, it would, you know, part of it is again, not only the fact that you use it for your traversal, as far as your climbing yeah. things on nature is like, if you have someone about, uh, you know, in the, you know in the video game setting 10 feet away from you you've got a, a bad guy 10 feet away from you you can snatch him with your whip and then bring him over to you to duke him out and punch him out and uh, and dispose of him or you can use whatever you know weapons that are there as far as i saw him coming up from behind and hitting someone with a shovel so it gives you a little bit of option if that's the case and you know i just again from that vantage point i don't mind at all but I'm just hoping that we will be able to get a good story because this, again, this won't be an open world setting or anything like that. It's not going to yeah. be a hundred hour adventure. It's going to be a straight up 15 to 30 hour adventure. And as long as the story holds together, I think that's what's most important. Yeah, I I would agree. Well, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've seen video games with half decent stories, but, you know, gameplay wasn't quite there and those games haven't done well either. So that's a good um, point. Yeah, we, you know what? Mediocre, straight down the middle. That's what we're hoping for. That's what we're hoping for, indeed. <laughs> but that game is Indiana Jones and the Grand Circle, uh, hopefully, and the Great Circle. Indiana Jones and the Great Circle, that is coming out this year, most likely, since they just gave it a generic 2024 date, coming out later in the year for Xbox. So definitely looking forward to that. Square Enix dropped on by to talk about uh, Visions of Mana. That's coming in the summer of 2024. I know as a PlayStation fan, you might have come across some Mana games in the past. Any thoughts on Square Enix uh, dropping their first Mana game on Xbox later this year? I mean, it'd be, it'll be interesting to see how it does. Okay. You know, that's that's really... You know that I, I mean, I'll I'll keep a half an eye on it. It's it's not you know a, a title that of anything that uh, you know I I you know follow passionately. It's no Diablo to me, um, but uh, it's one that I'll keep an eye on just to see how it's doing. And last but not least, our history untold for all you strategy gamers out there. That's coming this fall. It looks like something where, as far as you're able to go ahead and shape time from the distant past to the distant future. Uh, so you'll be able to go ahead and shape the civilization and the world around you. And I think if you are really into these civilization types games, uh, you've got a lot of experience from those games being transferred over to Oxide Games to go ahead and work on this. So, yeah, I've never really been into the strategy genre, but to create an opportunity to have a civilization from one 
uh, I guess, a century to another, building the pyramids of Giza. I saw actually during the trailer to building uh, ultra futuristic buildings later in our universe. Sounds like a good opportunity for strategy gamers out there. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. And, uh, you know, something that I think probably changes and evolves fast enough. So if you do get a little bit bored of building, then at least there's new buildings coming. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. So it is there for you right, right now. I put it out on the, you know, of course, the, the link at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. Go ahead and check it out. It is the Xbox Developers Direct 2024. With the announcements of Our History Untold coming out later this year, also saw Visions of Mana coming out in summertime, Avowed coming out in the fall, Indiana Jones and the Great Circle coming out sometime in 2024, and Hellblade 2, Senua Saga, that is coming out in May of 2024, May 21st to be exact. And if you have thoughts on what's going on with Developers Direct and you have high hopes for Xbox this year, please let us know. Pop Culture Cosmos. Yeah.com. For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. But before we head on out, you and I have got to go ahead and start chatting about a whole bunch of good stuff for me. Yeah. And some bad stuff for you. Mm -hmm. Do you want to hit the bad first or do you want to hit the good first? Oh, I always start with the good first. All right, here we go. (laughs) 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 So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and start talking about some of the best. Well, it is my collection of the best of pop culture for 2023. And unless I actually give a number to it, it is in no order oh okay yes i'm only giving i'm only giving giving a top five is what i'm numbering so the rest of the stuff is stuff that you know intrigued me was good but not quite good enough to reach the top five but i will go ahead and start off with something that came out in late 2022 like you mentioned with basin blade runner rpg something everybody has to go ahead and if they are a fan the Blade Runner universe, I have to go ahead and try. That is a absolutely fantastic RPG that people need to get into. So please go ahead. Uh, you know, our friends were able to go ahead and send us over a Blade Runner RPG. And I'm telling you, it was just something that I cannot thank them enough for doing so. The, the great, great folks were that were able to go ahead at Free League and it send us over. Just truly cannot thank them enough for, for it because it was an experience uh, that that is just tremendous if you really want to get into the world of Blade Runner. So, yes, absolutely. And like you with Basin, I'm very, very grateful for the opportunity to to get Blade Runner RPG. So, yes. All right. Moving on again. In no discernible order, John Wick 4. Uh John Wick 4, for me, was really good, strong, a little long, I think it a little overstated its welcome just a little bit, but had tremendous fight scenes. I think it was better than number three. I would probably go one, two, four, and three if you you really pinned me down on the John Wick movies. One, hmm. two, four, and three. Although all four are entertaining, to say the least. I would sit down and watch them again. 
It's not like our now famous what I've used in commercial in regarding to Matrix Revolutions on the other Keanu Reeves uh, recent movie, which ended up being on my bad list of, yeah. of movies that are out there. But John Wick 4. And spoilers, did he die or did he not die? My guess is there that we'll be finishing off the series with a John Wick 5. But that's just yeah. my... This is my guess at this point in time. Well, just just chalk it up to money talks, baby. Money talks. Mm -hmm. And it's yeah. talking because John Wick 4 was a major success in the box office. Uh, critical success. A lot of people, it appeared on a lot of top 10, top 20 lists for movies. So yes, uh, definitely a winner all the way around for John Wick 4. And again, did he die or did he not? We'll have to answer the question, hopefully, with a John Wick 5 someday. But John Wick 4 was on my list of the best of pop culture for 2023. There's a series on Amazon which never gets enough love that people need to check out. It is not the prettiest show to watch. It is not the most well-budgeted show to watch. But Upload Season 3 is always an enjoyable show because of the fact that they are the little show that can, the little show that could, and the little show that did. Despite the coronavirus interrupting its shooting schedule, despite you know everything that's going on as far as the money that's put into the show, you can see that it's not given the huge, tremendous production budgets that some of these other television shows get. It does really good entertaining with what they have. And the cast of characters are the reason why. You put them in different situations. It doesn't matter. They seem to do really well. They seem to enjoy working with each other. And it reflects that in Upload Season 3. I know you've got a chance to see Upload. What are your thoughts of the television show named Upload? I, I think that it's a really fun little show. And to be completely honest, with the way that uh, social media and AI and the capabilities that AI is starting to show... Uh, I don't think things like what we have in the show upload are too far into the future, to be completely honest with you. I think that there's enough of us who are living our lives on the internet through social media and, and all of that kind of stuff that, yeah, it, it's something like upload, that kind of idea, um, I think, is, is going to be all too realistic and maybe that's why the show not having much of a budget is okay is okay with people because it may make it feel a little bit more realistic just if that for such a an interesting concept for a show i think that you know having it be a little bit lower budget probably is working in its favor that's true but yes mm. upload season three the little show that could the little show that has the little show that did i hope it gets renewed for season four because i think it uh, always has somewhere good to go you cannot tell me that they canceled it for budgetary reasons because right. <laughs> again this is a show that does whatever it can with whatever little it gets and uh, it comes through really a spade this show has a lot of heart and i hope you you know people out there get a chance to check it out on amazon prime it's upload season three Please go ahead and check it out today on Amazon Prime. In fact, if you caught up, it's not that big or long of a watch as far as if you catch up with all three seasons right now on Amazon Prime. All right, for me, next up on my list, again, no discernible order as of yet. Ending of Loki Season 2. I did think Loki Season 2 got off to a little bit of a little over-explanatory start. I thought it might have talked over the heads of its uh, audience a little bit in the first couple episodes, but my gosh, after the turn, after the turn of the corner on halfway through, you really started to get in 
with what's going on with Loki. I really enjoyed the last half of Loki, especially the way it ended up and the possible future for Loki, seeing how he's the god of time and the god of stories and all that. And your thoughts on Loki and what happened in season two. Oh, God, you know what? I am not fully caught up on Loki season two. I know. What have I been doing all year? I know. Um, but I, I will say that uh, the the bits of it that I have caught, um, I, I think that you're you're pretty right on that. I think half of the season is, uh, and then it gets fine. I guess, the, and by the end, it gets a lot better. I, I, yeah. I will go ahead and let you know when you get a chance to catch up to it. I think you'll be uh, pleasantly surprised at where it ends up for Loki. I think it it is, uh, you know, a, a nice thing that Disney Plus has. I know it didn't get quite the ratings of the first season, but. Uh, it's still something I think that hopefully they will buy into for Loki season three or how to incorporate uh, this version of Loki going forward. It'd be great to see if that's the case. Coming up next is Maestro on Netflix uh, with with uh, Bradley Cooper and Carrie Mulligan. Uh, just basically a movie that uh, a biopic uh, shot in black and white uh, for, for a lot of it. Uh, I love the fact that they had the washed out 60s and 70s colors as far as the way it was shot later on to picture the, that time period. But yes, uh, de uh, detailing the composer, the great composer Leonard Bernstein and his wife Felicia, uh, definitely something I think, you know, if you're interested in getting a closer look at, at one of the great auteurs of American music, you might want to look into Maestro. Uh, a good performance by Bradley Cooper as Leonard Bernstein, but I think it's Carrie Mulligan uh, as Felicia Montalegre. Uh, she is the, the scene stealer in this. She really does a fantastic job in this movie. And I think it's what makes this movie a pass for, uh, not a pass, what makes this movie a go see and a go watch is her performance. Bradley Cooper's good, but Carrie Mulligan is even better. Yeah, I yeah, that's what that's a, probably the the biggest thing that I'm hearing about this is that Carrie Mulligan every time she's on the screen she just snatches it, she takes it right from Bradley Cooper and uh, I don't know there's something that feels really good about that and I'm not sure why that is and I'm not sure why I have those feelings towards Bradley Cooper but oh. I mean he directed it so he directed her very well and yeah. I would say that he gets compliments for that so yeah Ma Maestro is a good film and I think a lot of it's based off the work by Bradley Cooper but also very much the work by Carrie Mulligan as well. Next on my list is another Netflix and you're going to get to see a lot of Netflix stuff, you know. It's it is what it is, but Yeah. Scott Pilgrim takes off is next on my list. If you're familiar with the Scott Pilgrim universe, this is the animated series after what 12, 13, 14 years, they the whole cast of Scott Pilgrim versus the World decided to come back together for an animated series. And I enjoyed it from the aspect of you get to know the characters besides Scott Pilgrim in much more detail than you do just Scott Pilgrim. In the movie, you get to know Scott Pilgrim in his battle against evil exes. In this case, you get to know the evil exes and the friends and the outside world of Scott Pilgrim without having to really delve deeply into Scott Pilgrim himself until the end. Right. So it kind of has a ending that's kind of like, okay, it's pretty obvious. 
It's not exactly that that uh, you know twisting of an ending or or whatnot. It's pretty obvious. You can see it from the last two three episodes what's going to happen. But okay, it is what it is. But again, the animation's okay. It's especially if you're in anime. But I will tell you, Chris Evans absolutely loves that Lucas Lee character. He absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. just enjoys not playing Captain America roles. Yeah. He absolutely loves playing this jerk character. He there's a there's an episode devoted to him that is actually the best of the lot. But yeah, I mean the whole cast deserves praise as as Mary Elizabeth Winstead, uh, you know, just just the whole crew uh deserves praise as far as Jason Schwartzman and the list goes on and on. The entire cast deserves praise for for what they and the way they structured it like an like an anime uh yeah it looked good for what it was and as scott pilgrim takes off your thoughts did you get a chance to delve into the world of scott pilgrim well to be honest i think we are just about all the way through our must watch uh list for animes so i think that's going to open up some opportunities for us to catch up on some of the shows that we may have skipped on earlier this year just so we could take care of some of our uh anime stuff i think you'll like it i think you'll yeah. like it it's it's pretty good for what it is yeah. again if you're into the world of scott pilgrim and you've seen the movie this yeah. is uh definitely uh uh steals a lot of that and then obviously borrows upon that world and universe but it does the thing that it does that i like so much is it delves on the characters that are not named scott pilgrim and that's what i like the most <laughs> right thanks for checking out the pcc you know, the pop culture cosmos. We'll be back in one moment. What is Planet Cool Stuff? It's your ultimate destination for insightful exploration from the realm of pop culture. Delve into the world of movies, video games, toys, cartoons, and visit with one-of-a-kind creators, discover incredible places, and see historical artifacts. Whether it's a toy room tour or exploring the best of pop culture cinema, Planet Cool Stuff has got you covered. Planet Cool Stuff, exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada. One Piece, the live action yeah. series on Netflix, speaking of Netflix, was something I liked. I enjoyed I was surprised that I would so actually I. get into this. Yeah. This was something where it was charming mm -hmm. and almost to a fault because it was so charming. But yeah, it is charming. It, it didn't have the the uh the story elements to create something high and cutting edge it just had charm all the mm -hmm. way through and it didn't need it because again with the characters and the actors that are playing these characters from this famous anime and manga uh really uh, you know with this with a ip that has hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stories yeah based into it how they were able to go ahead and pull this off with just what a five or six episode deal, uh, you know, just truly amazing and uh, well done because One Piece is definitely worth watching on Netflix. Yeah, I, I really, I, because we have tried, I mean, we've done what a lot of other people have done and we've tried to get through the slog of getting through 137 or whatever it is episodes before you land on the stuff that everybody loves isn't like a thousand over a thousand yeah. something yeah it, i yeah i mean it's it's wild the amount of episodes that you have to go through just to get to the part that everybody is like no this is when you're going to start to love it so when the live action came out i was like ah 
all right, let's give this a shot and see what happens. And then I really enjoyed it. So, uh, you know, bravo. I echo that bravo to uh, the people who put together the story for the, the live action, because they, they really did sell the IP. And I mean, I haven't suggested it yet, but I'm now a far more open to going through, you know, 137 episodes of a show that I don't really care for just to get to episode 138. I agree. I agree, yeah. my friend. Just just tell, wake me up when season two hits for one <laughs> Right. Piece. Yeah. Speaking of season two, unfortunately, a show that has ended with season two, especially if you're a Lakers fan out there, and Winning Time on HBO Max. Uh, I thought this series was, this season was substantially better than the first season. I thought the season one was okay, but it was all over the place as far as dynamics. This season uh, really reined in controlled a lot better and i thought it was for the better for this season but unfortunately lakers fans out there you're always going to be ending up with the lakers loss in the boston showers for magic johnson out there as far as one of the last scenes of for season two because the show's been canceled and does not look like it's going to be picked up but that doesn't mean it's not one of the best shows that i saw winning time season two Star Trek Strange New Worlds. All right. Speaking of season two. Yes. Not quite the barn burner of season one, but still some good episodes, some really good episodes mixed in with some eh episodes, but there are some really strong episodes in this season of season two. So you got a chance to check out as the Star Trek fan you are, of course, with Star Trek Strange New Worlds season two. You can all cut up with your... Anson Mount, who we should think is hopefully going to do more than just have non-speaking roles in Marvel movies. Honest to goodness, what do we have to do to get Anson Mount a movie? <laughs> Honestly, if, if there's a cast of Star Trek that has deserved a, a shot at the big screen, it's that cast. Honestly, they're they're all charismatic. They all, as you've said, they all clearly enjoy each other. Um, and I, I think that they're all, um, and I, I don't like the way that this is going to sound when I say it, but they're all good looking enough to make the transition over to big screen. Do you know what I mean by that? Yes. I'm not, I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm just, there's a, there's a thing about people that you see in movies versus people that you see on TV. Not that one is better than the other, please. I'm not an elitist, but, um, I just think that that, that particular cast, that bridge crew, will just look fantastic up on a big screen. And I think that the whoever it is that is writing this or who is storyboarding out the seasons, I think that they're doing a great job. They're bringing back the stuff about Star Trek that people love, like the court episodes and stuff like that. That was a really um, good episode. Really, yeah, so really, really good. good yeah, really, really that, good. The woman who played the uh, the yes. attorney. More of her. Was fantastic absolutely yes. fantastic and i hope she gets the, a long career based off of that performance absolutely yeah um so yeah no i i think that uh yeah anson mount it, that needs to be a movie who do i have to call well here we go continuing with our or my best of pop culture for 2023 keep it on going on this list mr dress up the magic of make-believe for you canadians out there yeah. I'm an American. I shouldn't be getting involved with this. I shouldn't enjoy this. I shouldn't have sat down and, and cut the whole thing, but I did. I enjoyed it. It was tear jerking. It was sentimental. It was emotional. And it was actually based off my good friend, Mr. Rob McCallum, who directed this show, this, yep. this documentary. 
the guy whose voice you heard in the beginning, if you're listening on audio, the magic of make-believe, Mr. Dressup, his, you could see the amount of love that he had for Mr. Dressup in this documentary. So tell me your thoughts on Mr. Dressup, the magic of make-believe, being one of my best of pop culture for 2020. I, I love that it has made your best of list. Truly, I love that so, so, so much. There is a lot of stuff that is quintessentially Canadian um, that I just wish more of the world saw and took a moment uh, to take in because there is really, really good, beautiful stuff up there. And I'm not just talking about the heritage minutes. Those are a whole genre of television in themselves. Just go to YouTube and just Google Canadian heritage minutes and you're going to be like, what what is this? Basically, they were PSAs that they put together to to make sure that we understood like the difference between Canadian culture and American culture. So it's a lot of stuff about like the the movers and shakers among uh, Canadians as Canada was growing as a nation. So anyway, Mr. Dress Up, a key to all of that. There's also a, another one, uh, the Gentle Giant, I believe was his name. Of course, I'm going to mm -hmm. forget it right now. Anyway. Beautiful, beautiful shows for kids and definitely, uh, you know, I was, I was just, I was in the right age group that was right in the target of me growing up with Mr. Dress Up. So I love that it's on your best of list. Shout out to my good friend, Mr. Rob McCallum. You did it again with another really, really solid documentary. One of my best of pop culture for 2023. And that is Mr. Dress Up, the magic of make-believe on Amazon Prime. Speaking of documentaries, you can catch up there. If you want to go ahead and check out the Wiggles documentary, that is an awesome documentary as well. I had a great uh, time watching it. It took me back to when my kids were entranced with the Wiggles in the early uh, mid-2000s and late 2000s, heading into the early 2010s as they became uh, young girls, but they watched religiously wiggles uh, on the tv on the vhs and on the dvd and then we went to go see concerts uh, of theirs and just following their their rise to success as this documentary i believe it's on amazon prime as well if i remember yes please go ahead and check it out it is worth your time if you have a love for the wiggles go ahead and check it out here here there you go <laughs> I don't know if you were a Wiggles fan as well, but it sounds like yeah, you were no, Wiggles no. Fan. I was, uh, I was, I was already working a, a nine to five by the time the Wiggles came around. So, okay, all right, yeah. fair enough, it is. But uh, speaking of video games, as we always do, Starfield uh, from the folks at Bethesda, that is the big Xbox release of last year. It does get on my list. It does sneak on my list, even though it does have its issues from what has been spoken out so many times from everybody out there. It does have a unique enough story and the ability to go ahead and do things evil or good that will allow you to go ahead and enjoy the game for hours on end. And that's what a game is supposed to do. So Starfield is on my list of the best of pop culture for 2023. Coming up after that, again, in no discernible order, Barbie. Barbie, the movie, was a really good watch. Uh, I did not expect to enjoy it as much as I did, but... Not only was it something that, you know, I think a lot of uh, ladies out there found uh, inspirational, empowering, but for everyone out there, regardless, male or female, it's a damn entertaining movie. Uh, great performance by Margot Robbie, uh, Ryan Gosling, 
taking the Ken role to the extreme was just absolutely fantastic to watch. And yes, this movie, uh, despite people saying it might get too preachy or it might get too this, it get too that, it is a definitely it is definitely a movie worth watching. And if you haven't caught it yet, please make the effort to do so. It was the number one movie of last year for a reason, and it's because it's a good movie. Point blank. That's it. That's it. Did you get a chance to see it yet? Uh, no, it, it is on our, uh, so we, we always watch a, a movie when we have dinner and it, that's been our, our dinner movie, but we just, we haven't felt like it's the right night yet. I don't know what we're waiting for, but okay. I know it's the still, it's, it's absolutely the silliest thing to be honest. Sometimes I can't stand ourselves. Okay. Well, the other end of that, <laughs> uh, the Barbenheimer Oppenheimer yeah. also is high up on my list. Best spot culture yeah. in 2023. That is a visual and sound experience from Christopher Nolan. If you get a chance to see it, it is uh, very deserving of much of the praise that it got. Looks like it's going to be taking the awards this season. Uh, I really think that uh, because the fact it's already won a lot of the Golden Globes, it's uh, gotten very high up on the BAFTA list. It's it's gotten a lot of uh, ink already on the best of list. I think, sorry to the all apologies to poor things and the holdovers, I think it's the shoe-in or the, the front runner for the best picture at the Oscars, my friend. Yeah, this this movie is the kind of movie that the Oscars love. Yeah. You know, it's it's a it's a, a retelling of of history. It it tells it in an interesting, fascinating way. It's you know kind of larger than life and its ideas and and stuff like that. So I think that that just seems to be the the wheelhouse that the Oscars really really like. Would Barb if if Oppenheimer wasn't released in 2023, do you think that Barbie would have a shot at Best Picture, or do you think it's just going to default to Oppenheimer more than? I likely? think it's going to default to Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Yeah. Otherwise, if Barbie, even let's say Oppenheimer wasn't in it, I would still think that poor things and holdovers because they're more critically uh art house movies sure yeah towards to what the academy yeah. would like i think they would yeah. get that over bar barbie anyways barbie yeah, is commercial yeah. barbie is uh too commercially known and too commercially made for probably any type of uh critical lauding of that type as far as an oscar is concerned they'll get oscars yeah. i think they will get an oscar for other categories but not best picture yeah, yeah. i just feel like there's a lot of like and I don't know why I feel like it's like this, but I just feel like there's a lot of British throat clearing when it comes to critics sitting down and trying to take the Barbie movie seriously. Unfortunately, I just think that it's a lot of <laughs> Barbie. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know how to explain what I'm what I'm trying. Oh, to get I do. At, I think you do. I, I know I yeah. do, too. I know I, I hear you on that. I couldn't agree yeah. with you more. Two other movies I want to go ahead and put on my list for the best of pop culture for 2023. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Uh, that mm -hmm. will be home soon for those on Paramount+. Plus. That movie is a really strong movie. Don't let the mediocre or tepid uh, $550, $600 million worldwide performance deter you from watching this film. It's a really strong film and one of the better entries of Mission Impossible. I just recently flowed back to watch many of the Mission Impossibles on Netflix that were on there. And uh, I had a good time watching them and realized that Dead Reckoning stands up with those movies. So, yeah, if you get a chance to watch it, Dead Reckoning Part 1, although Part 2 is being restructured, so it looks like it will not there not be a Part 2. It'll be named something else. So just want to let everybody know I like what I saw for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. And then 
yes, it does go into the delving into AI a lot. But yeah, I think this was the movie that I think gets uh, sorely underrated when it when people talk about the best of 2023. The other movie I wanted to go ahead and give a shout out to was Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. I definitely want to go ahead as far as talk about that. Absolutely a fantastic sequel to the other Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. So definitely want to go ahead and give that a shout out there. Melinda. So if you haven't seen it yet, please watch Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. It is definitely worth your time and definitely sets it up for a part three, which I think detracts it from a little bit, but I think it's a really, really strong film nonetheless. Yeah, this one was one that I actually did manage to watch um, and I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I have just, there's just something really cool and really refreshing about the animation style that they use um, that I think is is really uh, fantastic. And it's, that alone is compelling to watch. And then you add a great story in on top of that. So want to give a big shout out to the video games uh, that weren't mentioned so far on our list of best of pop culture 2023 and one that was already. Resident Evil 4, Dead Space, the Metro Prime remakes got really strong reviews. I wanted to go ahead and give that a shout out because making remaking these video games is not an easy task and to do so and so well. We're in an age now that remakes and remasters, for the most part, are becoming more and more successful and absolutely giving getting new people involved with these games. So yeah, definitely give a big shout out for that. Baldur's Gate 3, which Melinda said is one of her favorites, got to give that a big shout out. And what we mentioned could be, I don't know, again, if they ever release the actual sales, could be one of the best selling games of 2023. Definitely uh, caught a lot of people off guard. And I wish the folks at Larian much success because they deserve it after the great creation that Jamie Sweet was on the show just before it got released and said great things about it. And I was like, oh, okay, all right, right. And then it blew up in my face. And I'll tell you what, Baldur's Gate 3 deserves all the praise it gets. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip, or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Before we uh, head to my final five, my last two TV shows are Star Trek Picard season three, ending it. Uh, it kind of ended a little bit, uh, or actually kind of, it was really good to start off with that season, much better than the first two seasons combined, which are a slog. Sorry, Melinda. Wow. Season three, uh, the, well, you know, I've been harsh on the first two seasons. I, the, I do know. <laughs> season three was started off really strong, got to a little bit eh. But then it got into the nostalgia and dipped heavily into its nostalgia on the end. And I absolutely love that ending. Uh, Marvel's What If Season 2. Disney Plus dumped it at the back end of the year, right in that final days of 2023. And it's really good. It is really darn good. And there's some episodes in there I think people need to check out. I think it's better than the uneven Season 1, which I thought had its highs and lows. But Season 2 really is a lot of fun. 
if you get a chance, check it out today on Disney+. Plus. So here comes my final five, my top five for the best oh, pop man. culture in 2023. Uh-huh. Starts off with a goodbye. As we say goodbye to Archer on FX. Oh, yeah. It's final season uh, with the final movie attached to it. Uh, really just a great show. Always gone under the radar for a lot of people. Uh, it is risque. It is adult-oriented, but it is a lot of fun yeah. and has one of the great protagonists. Great, great stars. Uh, he's a protagonist and antagonist all in all in one. Yeah. Uh, Archer, that series and that show was just fantastic to watch all the way through. And the final season capped it off on a good note. Number four is a, is a series that you've been hoping for me to go ahead and say. And I said it would be on this list. It is Blue Eye Samurai. Number four on my list. Right. At the time, there was times in those first episodes, it was going to be number one on my list. But the oh, ending and the man. way it ended, uh, leaving everything open like untied shoes kind of got me back. But that sucker looks really damn good. It's oh, some of the man. best anima animation I have seen. Uh, it is smooth. It is uh, really well done. The voice acting is just fantastic. Again, don't give me any more cheesy montages and open-ended everything on the back end. I understand you want a season two. That's great. Tie some loose ends. You can leave others open. That would be my advice to you. But otherwise, it is a fantastic watch. It is adult-rated and adult-only uh, on that. does touch on those themes. But if you are interested, Blue Eye Samurai is the most underrated anime animation project on Netflix. You need to catch it. Honestly, I don't know why they're not promoting that better. Sorry. Uh, Go ahead. It's absolutely. No, no. Speaking of Netflix, you got a chance to see this around uh, Halloween time or whatnot. It provided some scares. Follow the House of Usher. Mm. Well-made, well-constructed, a cast that was really into it. Uh, I know Bruce Greenwood was thrown into the lead at uh, late in, in uh, going there, but him playing that role was fantastic. He uh, got in there and it was for the better. Uh, and I think it really just like the cast, the structure of the story, very well done. And I was very pleased and I was very uh, accepting of my time watching the fall of House Usher. And I highly, highly recommend it. It's not as scary as people think. It just tells a great story. And if you're interested in just taking, you know, an Edgar Allan Poe retelling from a modern perspective, follow the House of Usher it is. So... Have you Did seen you it have, yet? Oh yeah, I saw the I saw it like the day it dropped. Uh, that oh, was that's right. That's right. We talked about it. Yes, yes. yes yeah, yes. that was definitely one that I wasn't going to mess around with. But was there a, is there a death for you that sticks out? No, all of them were very creative and and uh, very outlandish. Uh, I just think that uh, overall it was it was really good. Uh, you know, as far as it's concerned, I think all of them were good. I I think all the 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 way that, and the elaborate ways that they they created all the deaths yeah. in there were were very intriguing and and again i just just thought it just kept you going along with and it kept you entrenched and it kept you entranced in, in what you, what you wanted to see so yeah for that i'm very grateful for the fall of the house of usher on netflix yeah yeah really good for me that my favorite death was uh the mirrors mm, good point absolutely yeah. very good brutal death brutal oh very god brutal. get the heebie-jeebies <laughs> okay Sorry. Uh, my next on the list is actually something you can catch on Disney Plus. And if you are a YouTube fan, it is a must watch. Yes, so is the thing at the spear. But if you don't have $400 a ticket, 
right? Go check out Bono and the Edge, A Sword of Homecoming, where they go to back to their native Ireland. Uh, Dave Letterman is the host for this. And, uh, they basically go and incorporate their songs, but also talk about their their lives uh, back in Ireland and just the camaraderie they have with the people of Ireland. It showcases them in a different light. And while it's not all four members of U2, you do get a sense of absolutely everything that they've done successful uh, so far. And hopefully they have more success to come. So Bono on the Edge, a sort of homecoming, really stirs the emotions and is really a well-made documentary slash musical uh, as far as because it showcases their songs as well, them singing live and a performance in Ireland. So yeah, go check that out. Bono and the Edge, it's sort of homecoming on Disney+. Plus. And the last but certainly not least, the number one item on Best of Pop Culture 2023. And if you haven't guessed what it is, Melinda, I'd be surprised. But because you know, at the beginning of last year, we were speaking praises about this show. And that was The Last of Us oh, on yes. HBO Max. Yeah. This was absolutely fantastic. I know people want to say Secession, and Secession deserves a ride on every best of pop culture list or every best of television list. I get it. They're going to win all the awards, Emmys, all that. But for me, the most stirring, emotional TV show that does a video game justice. Hello, Halo! <laughs> that does a video game justice and a video game adaptation well is The Last of Us. And here's yeah. hoping that uh, video game adaptations like The Last of Us, like Super Mario Brothers movie, will get more and proper respect going forward. But yes, The Last of Us is my best to pop culture for 2023, Melinda. That's, that's a solid list. There you go. But if you have a best of pop culture for 2023, let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. But before we head on out, and before you're going to let everyone know out there what you're up to, what is your worst of pop culture for 2023? Well, Besides the writer strike, I know everybody know that, and the actor strike. That was yeah. If you know the it, the studio responses mostly to the to the writer strike and the actor strike was what really what really kind of got it for me. That was just that was a gross display of greed um, by the studios, in in my opinion, anyway. Mm. I um, completely agree. Um, I think that. Let me preface this with Tony Collette is a treasure. I think that she's a great, fantastic actress. I have loved just about everything that she's been in. And I thought this movie would be fun. Maybe I was just in a mood. Maybe I should try to watch it again. But Mafia Mama, I just, I really wanted to enjoy it. I just wanted to have a fun movie, Gerald. And Shouldn't the name say it all? Yes, I don't know. I I was like, all right, let's 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 just have some fun. Let's just let's just go ahead and suspend reality in every single dimension that you can possibly think of, and just put your brain on pause and just have a have enjoy a fun movie. I mean, the the wardrobe was fantastic. Who I don't know who dressed everyone in the movie, but they deserve an Oscar for that. Um, but yeah, that was so that was a that was a worst for me. Um, and interestingly. Because you know how much I love me some Keanu Reeves, and you know how much I love me a John Wick movie. I did not enjoy John Wick Four at all. Really? Yeah, at all. And I obviously, you know, I I like some odd things from time to time. Um, and you you like to let me know when I'm enjoying an odd thing. Um, but yeah, no, I don't know what it was about the John Wick Four movie. It just 
it just didn't cut the mustard for me. I don't know if my expectations going in were higher. I don't know if, you know, John Wick 3 was such a okay movie for me that I really expected more. I expected them to make up for it with John Wick. I don't know what it was. I just didn't really enjoy it. Okay. And that made, no, that made me no worries. sad. It made me sad. And, you know, in the the hotel show, sorry, the Concord, is that what it was called? The, con- the, the Continental. Continental. Thank you. That, that show. Was not, also, that, yeah, that was not good. Yeah, I, I really wanted to like that. I wanted to like that a lot. And because I'm really excited about all of these projects that are coming out that are exploring the John Wick universe, right? Like the ballerinas and, and all of that stuff. They're getting shows and I'm very excited about all of that. But if this is what we're going to get, I don't know that I want them to explore it. I would much rather stick with what I have already decided in my head is how things work. <laughs> Fair enough. You know? Yeah. Um, and I can't remember if it happened this year or if it was the tail end of last year. Um, but the uh, the HBO move to Max, that whole thing, I'm, I'm still not logged into Max. That's how much it's bothered me. Oh, my I know. Um, so yeah, that's, I, I just, I didn't think it was necessary. I didn't think that it needed to happen. And I thought that if there wasn't a way for you to just go ahead and update the app and have everybody just log in to their accounts that they already had, instead of going over to max and having to redo what a hassle. That was awful. A terrible decision. Yeah. That was my, that was probably my biggest annoyance of the year. And then, you know what? That being my biggest annoyance tells me that 2023 was a pretty good year. <laughs> but before we head on out, my friend, you've got to get everyone updated on what you're working on right now with Vampires of Vita and your special new project right now. Tell us all the tales that is going on in the world of Melinda. Vampires in Vitae, the episode that releases this week, is uh, the final episode of Alex's arc as playing Benoit, who is the sire of Alistair. That's a lot to jump around. Anyway, uh, he had a four-episode arc. Uh, this week, you're going to get the the final in, in his arc, which, what an incredibly talented dude. Like, he really just came into this table and just sat down with all of these weirdos who come together week after week after week, and he just slid in like he'd always been here. Uh, he really did a fantastic job and is truly a terrifying and menacing character. So uh, if that sounds like your kind of idea for a vampire story, absolutely listen to uh, the last three episodes to get you ready for what will drop on Saturday. And then uh, Shadows of Larkovnia, uh, we are back at the table and episodes are dropping regularly on Wednesdays. Our latest episode, episode three of the uh, first homebrew that I have written, which I'm very excited about. Uh, Episode three just dropped this week. Episode four in the can and ready to go. And I'm really excited with where these characters are pushing the story and how they've taken kind of the picture that I've painted. And each one of them has kind of remixed it and, and turned it into something else. And it's really really fun it's really really cool at least i think it is but i'm partial because i kind of wrote it so there you go so where can everybody check out all this that's going on in your world you can check all of those out on all of the places where you would usually get your uh podcast including iHeartRadio. we're on audible we're on spotify we're in all of the places Please go ahead and support Melinda today wherever you get your podcasts. Well, Melinda, it's been a great episode, but any last thoughts before we head on out? Absolutely pick up the Hellblade games. The first one, if you didn't play it, get it before the second one comes out because what they did and how they 
mastered that audio fan of like I've I was stuck on that for for quite a while and that's not to take away from the visuals and all of that stuff it's a beautiful game to look at and yeah fantastic that comes out May 21st but Hellblade Senua Sacrifice you need to go ahead and check it out right now on Game Pass on Xbox and then again May 21st for Hellblade 2 so yes looking forward to that as well so from Melinda Barkhouse Ross, this is Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much again for watching and listening. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. And thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great